coming up. A horrible, horrible crime. This may be one of the worst crimes that I've covered. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. Love and sadness sit at the front door of NOCO Nutrition in Greeley, all to remember one of their employees, 22-year-old Angie Vega. In Greeley, Colorado, a community is reeling after the murder of a young woman in late August. Angie Vega was working at her family's store when she was attacked. A family friend wants people to know she had a heart of gold. The friend said Angie brought her mom coffee to celebrate her birthday last week. And every month, Angie took her siblings out to dinner to spend quality time with them. Police were able to track down a suspect immediately after Angie Vega's murder. Security footage at the store showed him dragging the victim's body to her car. Court records say 24-year-old Marcos Vallejos sat in the business for more than an hour Friday night, waiting until the last customer pulled out of the parking lot. They say when Angie was alone, he attacked her behind the counter. I'm joined now by KUSA 9 News reporter Cole Sullivan. Cole, thanks for being here with us. Thanks for having me. This murder happened in late August and the victim in this case is Angie Vega, just 22 years old. Can you tell us a little bit about her and what and what we've learned? Yeah, she, by all accounts, was a delightful young woman. Starting off her life, her first real job at the smoothie shop that her aunt and uncle owned. She worked there um, during the week and, and worked with them. And, and one of the things that struck me about the smoothie shop and about Angie was how this was a source of inspiration for her. It was a source of inspiration for her professionally because she was starting off this budding career with her first real job, as her mom said. It was a source of inspiration for the folks who came to the smoothie shop because she wrote nice notes, um, you know, have a great day, you can do this, things like that on the side of every cup of juice that she served. And it was also an inspiration for her personally. Her mom talked very poignantly about her joy in being able to share that love with other folks um, who come into to the shop. On the night of this murder, it was a Friday night in Greeley, Colorado. And my understanding is that the suspect was actually inside this smoothie shop for a period of time, right? Yeah, the suspect, Marcos Vallejos, came into the smoothie shop. Police said um, they saw him on surveillance video. He came in, he sat down on, on one of the chairs in the corner and kind of just minded his own business for about an hour, um, right up until the last customer left. And Angie was the only one left in the store. She started closing up. And then at, at that point in time, is the rest of the attack all on surveillance camera? Did he make any effort to to disguise himself at any point in time? There's no indication from police that he made any effort to disguise himself. As she was the only um, employee left in the store. She started cleaning up the blenders, etc. He got up, went to the bathroom. Police say they saw that all on surveillance video. He came out of the bathroom with a hatchet and attacked her behind the counter. I know from your reporting and from your colleagues at KUSA 9 that this is uh, j- just an awful attack. And, and the scene inside that smoothie shot was, was really shocking for, for police when they showed up. A horrible, horrible crime. This may be one of the worst crimes that I've covered. There's no indication from police that Angie knew this guy. He just came into the store and sat in the corner and waited, police said, until they were alone before attacking her. Um, There was no warning. There was no uh, 
pretense to this horrible attack. How did police then catch up with the suspect? It didn't take long. It didn't take long. It started with a couple different calls from the owner of the shop who could see something looked wrong on their surveillance video, from family who were wondering where Angie was. She was supposed to be home. The store closed at 7. Why wasn't she back home by now? Um, And from a passerby who saw something that just didn't seem right at the smoothie store. Um, When police arrived, they found a gruesome scene, but not Angie. They say they reviewed the surveillance video and saw the suspect, Marcos Vallejos, dragging her out to the car, um, to her car, putting her in her own back seat and driving away. Um, They began to canvas the area. First, the first we heard about it was there was a a woman who had been kidnapped um, because that was what police initially said is, and family initially said is, please keep an eye out for her car. She's been kidnapped. They found her in the backseat of her car. Um, a couple hours later, about a mile away, parked in a gas station parking lot. And one of the most chilling parts of this affidavit is police say that as they made this discovery and started canvassing the area, they came upon Marcos Vallejos not far away. And when they approached him, they noticed some blood on, on his on his clothing or his shoes. And one of the officers remarked to another, I think this is our guy. And they say, according to the affidavit, that he responded, yeah, I'm your guy. That's when they arrested him and booked him um, and charged him with first-degree murder. Cole, uh, this suspect also once uh, under interrogation uh, said something else that was rather telling. Can you tell us about that? While under interrogation, officers describe an odd conversation. They're having a tough time getting anything out of the suspect. Um, And at one point they ask him, according to the affidavit, you know, is this the arm you use to kill people? And he says something to the effect of, of, yes, it is, according to the affidavit, Um, or this is the right arm is the one that does it. And it it just struck an an odd tone when I read that affidavit from the beginning of wondering, who is this guy? Who is the kind of person who does this? And that tone continued for his first appearance where he was formally charged, where um, when the judge read the charges out and asked, Mr. Vallejos, do you understand what you're being charged with? He really sharply shook his head no. And his lawyers, his public defenders said they would explain it to him later. And then they said that they believed um, there were mental health issues at play, uh, mental illness issues at play, and wanted extra time to examine Mr. Vallejos and have him professionally examined to see if he's competent to stand trial to face these charges. And we'd like about three months. We think we need at least that much time to investigate the severity and nature of the mental illness issues at play. Cole, the suspect in this case was previously charged and also failed to show up for a court appearance. Is that right? Can you tell us about those charges? Yeah, and they were kind of low-level charges. We were looking to see if, as we were trying to figure out this case, was there any background here? Was there any um, history between these two people? And saw previous charges. One of his previous charges was for breaking and entering. Um, He broke into a church, um, a Mormon church, and broken through a window and was inside the church and was arrested inside the church. He failed to appear for some court date subsequently, but there was not necessarily any indication of this kind of violence. 
we do know that he also was in the military. Um, the, the army says that he was enrolled in basic training, but did not complete basic training and wouldn't give any other indication of his background from there. What, what's next for him? His lawyers asked for three months. Did the judge grant that? The judge granted a little bit longer time than the family wanted. They'll be back in court in a few weeks um, for a status hearing. Discovery has started flowing in, including that horrific file account surveillance video into the public defender's office. They're going to be examining this, and I expect we'll have an update on the evaluation of his mental illness at some point um, as well to determine kind of what happens next. One of the most heartbreaking things for me, having covered crime and covered families of crime victims before, this is going to be an impossibly long process for this family that is grieving so much, the loss of Angie. There are going to be months and months as this stretches on because that's how the criminal justice system works. And being in that first court appearance and kind of watching that realization dawn on the family was even more heartbreaking than understanding everything they have gone through in the past couple weeks. I understand Angie Vega loved sunflowers and they've taped sunflowers on the door of the business. And there's also a memorial at the uh, location of where her car was found. An outpouring of community support. There are flowers. When I was there, I mean, dozens and dozens of bouquets uh, at the business. Remember, this is a family business. Um, owned by her aunt and uncle, where she was working, where police said this happened, and uh, signs and candles. And we watched people kind of come up and place flowers, whether they knew her well or or just knew of her through passing by, um, or were struck by this really horrible story. Cole Sullivan at KUSA 9 News in Denver. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us about this. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Daily Crime. If you haven't already, check out the newest podcast from Vault Studios. It's called Intent, the Tex McIver case, available wherever you listen to podcasts. For The Daily Crime, I'm Will Johnson.